this is the energy that we needed to be on, Kenny Smith. Even though they are superstars. I mean, I, I can't say I know it from experience because we don't, our contracts anyway. <laughs> My shining moment as a freshman was guarding Maya when we stopped the UConn streak. And I know UConn fans are like, oh, Janae, you always talk about it because it was a great moment. Oh wait, why did I just do the whole, that's what it almost. <laughs> What's up y'all, it's your girl Janae Ogwemeke and the moment is finally here. This is literally a dream turned reality. Welcome to the Janae Show. Isn't it cute? It's beautiful, it's got colors. You know I love colors and it's giving LA vibes. The Janae Show is your home for hoops. I'm talking about all hoops. Period, because if you got game, you got game. You can watch The Chanae Show on Players TV, which airs on Amazon Prime Video, and you can check it out on my YouTube channels. So check out these hot topics. First up, we are fresh off of the NBA All-Star Weekend, and the highlight of the moment, Sabrina versus Steph. Lived up to the hype. We'll also talk about the overall All-Star game, the format, and what we need to do to fix it. And last but not least, Caitlin Clark made history. She became the all-time leading scorer in women's college hoops. I am here to break it all down, so let's get to it. All right, y'all, let's start with the highlight of NBA All-Star Weekend, the Steph versus Sabrina showdown. This was the first time we've seen a competition of this sort in All-Star Weekend, and boy, it delivered, literally, People loved it so much. All-Star Saturday night, its audience peaked at 5.4 million from 10 to 10.15 during the Steph-Sabrina showdown. I mean, look y'all, this is history. Stephen Curry, the greatest warrior of all time, suiting up against who? Sabrina Unescu. And she she was coming in hot, like literally. Let's count how many she, she made right there. This is four, this is five. Sabrina would make her first seven shots. And then they had to throw you know, Steph up because we're like, what is Steph looking like? Because I know he, he probably was thinking, oh goodness, like I might have to be perfect in this competition to beat her. And look, he's nodding and then watch this. <laughs> She's at 14 right now. He's like, oh, I need to keep my hands warm <laughs> because this is gonna be good. Sabrina would finish with 26, which mind you, Dame won the competition by making 26. And look at this, Steph excited for Sabrina. This is the energy that we needed to be on, Kenny Smith. This is the energy. Come on, man. Let's fast forward to Steph because he had to turn it on. At this point, Sabrina had around 14 and he was like, I need to start really balling and, and knocking these shots down. He needed this final rack, the money ball rack to beat her because she had 26 and he knocked down the final few shots that set him over the edge to get 29. But around that midway point, I know Steph was probably like, ooh, he was sweating a little bit. And having the last, you know, I've actually talked to a couple shooters and they say the last rack needs to be the money ball rack because that's where you're the warmest. Like these are your best shots. And this is the spirit. This is the energy of the competition. I mean, them, hung them hugging, you know, mutual respect. Y'all, Sabrina, she handled her business to not only go up against the greatest shooter in Steph Curry, to step up on one of the NBA's largest and biggest platforms, the NBA All-Star Weekend, then to deliver a 26 score, which actually is the same score that Dame Lillard won the entire competition with, and last but not least say, I'm good, I'm shooting from the NBA line just to quiet the haters down, even though, I don't, haters still found ways to hate, but like, I think real ones know to appreciate. 
What made this truly special was just literally the moment after, because we are five decades removed from the battle of the sexes. Billie Jean King versus Bobby Riggs. And at that time, it felt like a lot of people were saying, oh, women can do this or women can't do that. It was unfortunate that you sort of got shades of that through the commentary. Why should we be bringing up, oh, she should have shot from the women's line? Well, she shot from the NBA line and did just as good and did just as well as Dame Lillard, as Tyrese Halliburton, as Trey Young, and as Carl Anthony Towns. So why are we bringing that up? Oh, she shoots with a smaller ball. Let me see you shoot with a smaller ball and produce 26. Like, miss me with that. I think if you're looking for those things, then you're really just trying to shift the goalposts to saying that this competition is not what it is. And what it was, was seeing two of the greatest go at it. And that's where the energy should have been. Because this was a historic moment for the game and then to have that hanging over it, I'm just glad we had a lot of people saying like, this is not the time nor place. Um, and, and at the end of the day too, Sabrina, I think she let her game do the talking. All right, now that we had the good of NBA All-Star, let's talk a little bit about the bad because the game needs some help. But first you gotta also put some respect on Damian Lillard because Dame time, he really shined in NBA All-Star. He is the first ever person to win both the three-point contest and All-Star Game MVP. Dame, hopefully this moves over to the Bucks the rest of the season, because I felt like it was a really good reminder of like, come on, we got one of the best shooters in the game, and Dame, he hit two half-court shots. Like, by the way, knowing Dame, he does that every day after practice. Like, he makes those shots on the regular, and so I thought it was cool to see him knock down those half-court shots. But let's switch over to the All-Star game because, good Lord, what was the final score? 211 to 186. A combined score of 397. So basically, defense was optional, and even with it being optional, the player said, I declined that option. That's horrible. That's horrible. So clearly, there was a lack of competitiveness in the NBA All-Star game, and it's sort of been a pervasive problem the last few years the all-star game needs to be fixed. And we've seen different formats. We've seen competing for charity. But my fix is pay the players money for winning. We just came off of an in-season tournament that was wildly successful, so successful that everyone says, tell the Lakers that they should pretend that every game is an in-season tournament game. That's what the streets are saying here in LA. But the reason why it was successful is because there was incentive. If you made it to the in-season tournament championship and won, you got $500,000. And we heard players literally give their family members homes. I think it was Christian Wood based off of winning. And I know a lot of, I, I know the biggest criticism is, is like, hey, all these guys in the NBA All-Star game, they're all Supermax players. They're all making around 40 to 50 million a year. What will another $500,000 do to help? Even though they are superstars, I mean, I can't say I know this from experience because we don't, our contract's anywhere. <laughs> Not anywhere near that. But no matter what, like as athletes, you want to compete. And if you have $500,000, like that is something that you can use no matter who you are to help out your family or just spend it however. I think that incentive, it resonated with the in-season tournament and it will resonate again with NBA players. I mean, what a weekend it was for hoops. And clearly, history got made. Caitlin Clark became the all-time leading scorer in women's basketball history. All right, y'all. It's one thing to break a record and make history, right? It's another thing to do it with your own signature shot, a logo three 
on a night, which by the way, she dropped 49 points. Like, congratulations, Caitlin. Caitlin Clark has been on a mission this year from the jump. She averages 33 points per game and people sleep on the eight assists a game in her true senior year. Now, her greatness, her ability to break the record had sparked a little bit of a debate. Is Caitlin Clark the greatest women's basketball player in college ever? Now, I'm gonna give you a little bit of my personal point of view because I think Caitlin Clark really benefits from where the game is today. I mean, she is a product of Steph Curry changing the game and three-point shots being what separates people in achieving greatness. And she's mastered it. I love that this conversation has allowed us to highlight other basketball players, the legends. Let's talk about, and I had to pull it up on my phone because the list is long. Let's talk about Cheryl Miller who had back-to-back -back championships at one of the, at USC, one of the greatest teams we've ever witnessed, the women's game assemble at USC. Gotta give her her flowers. Lynette Werder who had, I believe 3,600 points during her time at Kansas. And then now going back to like my generation, Diana Taurasi, Diana had three straight championships at UConn. And I know we're talking about college, but Diana is one of the greats. I mean, literally the all-time leading scorer currently in the WNBA. And now we go to Maya, who by the way, y'all, if we're talking about basketball and hooping, being able to play against her, I mean, it's one thing that's very hard. Like it's hard for me to play against my sister. That's a mental game. But to play against Maya Moore, who by the way, she went 150 and four at UConn, 150 and four. Playing against Maya, she's just different. She could do it all. Pull up from three, post you up. Look, look, my, my shining moment as a freshman was guarding Maya when we stopped the UConn streak. And I know UConn fans are like, oh, Janae, you always talk about it because it was a great moment and everyone watched that game. I remember like my job was literally to shadow her. And I remember Coach Tara was saying, Chanae knows what toothpaste, toothpaste she used because she was on her like white on rice. That was, a, that, was, that, that was my job freshman year, just to like follow her around and harass her. And we won, yay. But like, she's, she's winning <laughs> at everything. And then we can even fast forward to Candace Parker. I mean, being able to play against and with Candace. She was the first woman to dunk in the McDonald's All-American game. She dunked in NCAA tournament games, the streets, her tenure at like Tennessee got the streets awake to women's basketball. And then of course, like Stewie won four championships. So I know Caitlin is having her moment and she is the face of the women's college game, but there are a lot of women that have been game changers that deserve their flowers too. And I'll leave the debate to all y'all people like in the comments. All right, this is my first episode. So I don't have like my teacup so I can sip tea, but we all know a part of the commentary was not just her making history. We have become familiar with Cheryl Swoops' comments on Caitlin Clark and whether she'll translate or not to the WNBA. Now, first of all, I need everyone to have the energy to put respect on the legend. Cheryl Swoops is one of the best. Y'all, I'm from Houston. She's one of the best to ever pick up a basketball, and she has every right to share her opinion, which, by the way, y'all, in the NBA, another space that I am fortunate to occupy, legends love to give their takes on the game, on the young stars, on the state of the game and all those things. So it's good for Cheryl Swoops to have a platform to give her opinion now. She has owned up to her being wrong in some regards. Like she reached out to Angel Reese. She reached out to Caitlin Clark, the athletic put out to have private conversations. To me, that was awesome. Because I think a lot of the conversation went in the wrong direction. At the core of it, I think a lot of people know that in the WNBA, you know, posts tend to translate quicker 
and guards, it, it's a little bit more of an adjustment. You can look at the recent guards that enter, enter the W, and like sometimes there's a little bit of a learning curve. I think that's probably what she was trying to articulate, but Caitlin is a four-year senior, and Caitlin takes 20 shots a game. So I, I'm glad that she was able to make amends. Now, me personally, like, the don't be a Cheryl shirt, like, that, that diminishes the overall essence that Cheryl gave to the game, so that was out of pocket. But let's normalize our legends feeling free to speak on the game because that's how basketball should be. Iowa fans, don't come for me. I love y'all. I love how you have supported and embraced the women's game. I am a huge fan of Caitlin Clark. But I gotta, come on, like. All right, it's time for our segment, Hot or Not. So typically you guys see me on the court in the WNBA or on ESPN. And I'm not someone that really likes hot takes. I will give you the truth, but not hot takes. So here on the Chanae Show, this is hot or not. I'm going to actually give you my hot takes. Or not. We'll decide. LED court, hot or not? I thought the LED court was hot. It was cool. I mean, it had its weird moments during the three-point competition when like, you saw the green glow. But I thought it was a cool, interactive way to show where the players were. We saw it in the slam dunk comp uh, competition where like literally they touched the floor and you would see like those dots around them. And I liked that they showed montages like around the, the paint in the free throw line. Jaime Hawkins Jr. being able to celebrate, I think, Mexican heritage. Jalen Brown having a moment um, also as well. So the LED courts for the Saturday competitions, I thought they were hot, they were hot. All right, all-star warm-ups, hot or not? So I was gonna say hot based off of what I saw from Devin Booker, who had the you know the top button. I was gonna say hot from what I saw from Shea Gilgis Alexander, who everyone was saying looked like a GQ model. And then I saw Luca. <laughs> Look, I love Luca. I love his game. I think at one point we're gonna say he's an MVP. <laughs> but people saying he looked like he <laughs> worked at a bowling alley. Hey. What side? Oh yeah, you're in lane 15. So I'm gonna have to say not. There needs to be um, a, a uniform stylist before they all run out so that they're all giving the same energy. But look, it's okay, you baldo, you baldo, so not. It, like the actual jerseys and stuff, cool, but the execution of the warm-ups, warm not. <laughs> Slam dunk competition, hot or not? It's gonna be a not. Mac McClung? Even Jacob Toppin, really nice dunks, but overall a no. <laughs> I love Jalen Brown. I mean, we talk about going back to our Pac-12 days, Cal, Stanford. I think he's one of the best players in the NBA and he's got one of the greatest, like coolest brands, right? I'm, we say that we need more stars showing up in these competitions and he is a star that showed up in the competition. Now that I said that. Bro, I'm so I'm sorry. They're they're forcing me to run this. They're forcing me. Somehow, Jalen Brown's dunks got more views than Mac McClung's, who actually won the competition. And a lot of people were kind of confused by this dunk at first. One, Jalen's from Atlanta area, so it's like, okay, cool, nod to Atlanta, the Hawks. All right. And then we put two and two together. Dominique Wilkins was one of the judges. Look, look, we're not gonna show the miss before this because that has already been memed. But this dunk where in this contest, we saw Mac McClung literally jump over Shaq. We're jumping over Ty Sinat, who's sitting down on a chair. He's already small, but it wasn't just that, y'all. 
It was the end because I think the goal, he was clearly live streaming, uh, Kai. The goal was to do a salute to D Brown, Celtics legend, but it was, oh wait, why did I just do the whole, that's what it almost, <laughs> Jalen Brown dunked and then dabbed. It was the, he dabbed. He literally dabbed after. He was supposed to close his eyes and I think it just didn't all compute together. Uh, I mean, it was, a, it was a decline. Just hot or not, Indianapolis for all-star. Not. You can miss me with the snow. I'm sorry, y'all. I've done too many NBA all-stars. Went to Cleveland. Went to Toronto, which, by the way, was the coldest NBA All-Star on record. Which, by the way, Toronto, love the city. But still, I just heard people were trapped in the snow. So, all right, Glorilla and her tweet. So, Glorilla tweeted a picture looking up at Dame and saying, oh, whose man is this? And look, the theme of All-Star Weekend clearly was shoot or shoot. And she was shooting her shot. This is way too hot for me. This is way too hot for me because I know Dame, it's been a rough year. But like, yeah, we, we got, next, please. <laughs> Hot or not, Gamecocks. And I'm saying this for a reason. I'm talking about the South Carolina Gamecocks. Y'all, over the weekend, instead of going to Indianapolis, I went to Columbia, South Carolina, and I was able, I had the pleasure of joining Women's College Game Day, first ever broadcast on ABC. And y'all, a, a little about me. I have a fear of birds. I specifically actually more so like have a fear of beaks. It's like one thing for the bird and then the beak just freaks me out. My first ever segment on Women's College Game Day, they, I turn to my left to like check my notes before we go live. I turn to my right and there's a game cock in my face. Coach Carolyn Peck was holding one. I was freaking out. But I always joke that it's a fear of birds because the rest of the country does. South Carolina is undefeated. They're balling in women's college basketball. So the Gamecocks are hot, and I did say Gococks on ABC. So like, sorry, Mom. All right, the hottest thing that you might have missed NBA All-Star Weekend, this game winner, the dagger by Jewel Lloyd. This was dope. It was two on two by Hennessy. You've got Enrique Gumbawale, Natasha Cloud versus Jackie Young and Jewel. And Jewel showing you why. She set a record last year in the WNBA, most points in a season. The first thing I was thinking about was, that's my sister's teammate. Okay, Storm, I don't know if you'll caught it. Like my sister's in Seattle. The introductory press conference just happened. A storm is brewing. We see you, Joel. We see you. Wow, our first ever episode of The Chanae Show is in the books. Look at it, y'all. So beautiful, it's so pretty. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me. You can always watch The Chanae Show on Player TV, which airs on Amazon Prime Video and my YouTube channels. A thank you to all of my producers. I'm gonna shout them out. Deron, Allison, Colin, and Joe, and Kendall for making this dream a reality. By the way, I will give you an update on True Detective. I'm going to watch it by the next episode. We'll include that in Hot or Not next time. And don't forget y'all, The Chanae Show is your home for hoops. We're talking about all hoops, WNBA, NBA, college hoops, because if you got game, you got game, period. We will see you next time. <laughs>